You're the man. <laughs> you're the man. You're the man, Johnny. You're the man. Johnny's Johnny's like you're the bad guy from Karate Kid. Um, who's now becoming a good guy, sort of. Yeah, he is, but come on. We're, we're children of the 80s. Yeah, the original. He's a bad guy. <laughs> After you watched Karate Kid, did you run outside and fight all the kids in the Fuck street? Yeah. We used to have fight uh, clubs. Uh, this is before Fight Club. Yeah. We used to have fight clubs at like primary school. Yeah. And uh, we would just be like, like it would be a karate tournament. Same, someone would be the like, you know, st- stands the, the Freddie Mercury guy. He looks like Freddie Mercury. He's like, yeah. fight. <laughs> we did that at school. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, and everyone, everyone's just stood there doing the Korean kick, just looking straight at each away. Other. Yeah. yeah, no one's moving. <laughs> no, you come to me yeah. in Scottish accents because we're the Scottish karate kids. <laughs> come on, come and get me, here, we shite. Else <laughs> was um. What was it? Ours was the roundhouse kick. We tried to do roundhouse oh. kicks, and everyone tried to emulate uh, Van Damme in Bloodsport. Yeah, oh Bloodsport. Do you ever see um, no, no Retreat, No Surrender? Yeah, I, I was just going to mention that. Yeah, that was Van Damme's first movie off the boat. Yeah, and his English was so shit they removed all the dialogue and said just look mean. And the Bruce Lee's ghost keeps popping up in that. That's a bizarre film, man. <laughs> We watch that with my mates once a year, yeah, uh, and just get pissed and laugh at it. It's so, it's so it's that bad. It's so good. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. As, as a kid, it was yeah fantastic. Yeah, so Bruce Lee comes back to life. Uh, what appears as a ghost as to a train ghost. this kid in a in a garage, in the because, garage because he's getting bullied in America. In America, yeah. yeah, he's not even in Hong Kong anymore. <laughs> the ghost, not. the ghost has travelled. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's over because I'm pretty sure he was buried in Hong Kong. I think, or was it L.A. I'm not sure. I've got, yeah, I've got a feeling. I remember because they used footage from his actual, actual funeral in yeah. uh, one of his films, the last film, obviously. And I'm pretty sure that the funeral was held in Hong Kong because it was like, you know, like like a parade of people on the streets all crying and stuff like that. Did you get into Bruce Lee? Much? I fucking love Bruce Lee. Really? Oh my god, yes. My uh, my sister's married a uh, well, he's, he's Australian but Chinese background from Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, and they've now got a niece, and she, she's gorgeous. But it's just cool having like Bruce Lee in my family. His name is Lee. Ah, Shua Lee. So you've got a Lee in your family. Yeah, awesome. It's it's amazing. It's like if you went back in time and told me that you're gonna have your own Bruce Lee. He can't do martial arts. I don't think he can. <laughs> but um, Jesus, I hope he doesn't watch this. No, he won't. <laughs> he won't. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, no. That's, uh, yeah, so he's, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I love Bruce Lee, man. Absolutely. Do you like Bruce Lee? Uh, I never really got into him that much, but uh, I remember reading somewhere that he was completely injured. He, he broke his back. And right. for six months, he stayed in bed and just wrote about fighting and developed a fusion of styles that mm. he was going to merge together when he fixed his back. And six months later, when he fixed his back, and he started he started to like practice everything that he was writing down about fusing all these different art forms together for mm. martial arts and that's where he developed this particular style of karate so i was like i had a lot of respect for him because i was like during downtime when he couldn't train he was still thinking about it yeah thinking about the craft yeah that's um, a good point um i i asked you once how you write and you told me man sometimes i'll get up for a piss at four in the morning yeah and something funny will happen. I'll write it down. Does that really happen? To yeah, you a it happened. Lot? Happened this morning. <laughs> happened this morning. Yeah, for you know, like I've been doing this like sketch podcast thing. Yeah, and um, I haven't had any ideas for it. Well, I haven't dedicated any time either to sit down and have ideas for it. Yeah, 
and about three in the morning because I I've I've got high blood pressure, so I take these tablets before I go to bed. Yeah, and they make you need to get up and go to the toilet once okay. or twice in the night. Yeah, and you're always like there's a weird like um your thought pattern is very strange when you just wake up suddenly and get back into bed. Your dreams are strange, uh, lots of lucid dreaming, things like that. Mm. But um yeah, lots of uh, ideas pop into my head then. And if it's funny enough, like if I giggle enough to myself while I'm in bed, uh, they tend to stay in the head and the next morning I'll, I'll write it down. You're but right. um, I've, I came up with, a, I think it'll be a pretty funny idea for this sketch thing I'm doing, podcast thing. Uh, so that that yeah. appeared this morning. Yeah, that's 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 not how I completely write. Yeah, but a lot of things I do. How else do you write? What else do you? Because I I talk about it with every comic that comes on because I'm just interested. I use mm. a I use a whiteboard, post-it notes. I talk out loud. Yeah. I go shopping down the grocery aisle with an earpiece in my phone, pretending I'm on a phone sometimes to talk out loud. All oh, right, that's a good idea. I don't like writing too much. I I like um, pen and paper. That's it. I've do got... you write the whole thing out? Yeah. Really? I'll write the whole thing out word for word um, a- as I'm talking. A million views, exclamation mark. Yeah, a yeah, million yeah. Vi- I'm a, yeah. Really? Like that. And then, um, then I'll, I'll, like, if, if you went through, like, I've got pads and pads of, like, small, big um, uh, pads of paper, notepads just full of, some of it will just be, like, um, three or four pages of the same joke written again and again, mm. just with a word missing. Uh, different words until different you get it right yeah right. i did I, I did that more when i started just to um and and it's fun people notice man like i had people come up to me and i i think they think all right this guy writes like he gets it the word economy and, and laughs per second and things mm. like that um and you quickly find people of a like mind because you know some people just like to get up and and just Oh, you know, whatever's on the head, just start ranting. And, you know, today I, I ran over a cat. Blah, 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 blah. And that's enough. They think they've got enough to, to go with. And some people do. They just get away with pure charm, I guess, and, and can do that. But, but you never do that. Even when you're going, uh, it appears a lot that you go off script. But I have started to. That's yeah. a new thing. Okay. Like, um, that, that's a completely new thing. Cause do you I, do stream of, con- have you done stream of consciousness on stage where you're just ranting about a topic that you've just thought of or mm, do they have to be really with you for you to fuck around like that? I feel like if, if you, if you get them early, sometimes you can, you can try something that's a, a bit out there maybe for me, you mm. know, like a bit, well, look, my goal has always been to be, you know, when, when when I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, it was like I was always the funniest guy when we went out for a drink or mm. uh, playing soccer in the changing room. I was the funniest guy, or in in a band, I was the funniest guy, and everyone's always saying you should do stand up, you should do stand up, and that that was like that went for years. Mm. And eventually, I give it a go, um, and my goal is always to be as relaxed as I am with mates on stage. So, like, if if we're hanging out before a gig and we're having a laugh in the green room. I want to be as relaxed as I am at that moment on stage with, uh, you know, 80 strangers or and what 10 strangers or whatever. What percentage of gigs can you accomplish that? Has that been half of your gigs so far? Or? No, that's, that's something that's, I, I reckon it'll take 10 years to get to, I'd imagine. I don't know. I reckon like when I look at someone like Bill Burr, that's, that's what he's doing. He's mm. like, he, he looks just so relaxed that in front of a thousand people, he can just walk out. There are a thousand friends. Like there are a thousand fans of this guy, and he can just walk out, and just has them from the the first moment. Um, mm. And I'm not saying the thousand fan, fans is what I want to get to, but just that people can tell, man. I reckon the audience can tell. 
I did a gig with with you earlier in the year where um, it was like one. It was at the Rubik's mm-hmm. with Kings, and it was I was so nervous. It was like their first gig back f- from the big lockdown. It was like one of the first. So what was specifically making you nervous? The fact that you hadn't, hadn't done it yeah. in a while. Okay, hadn't done it. Um, uh, and just as I was walking on, I said to myself in my head, "Just walk on there and try and look like you you know what you're doing." And I reckon for the most part, as soon as audiences look at someone that they think knows what they're doing, mm. they, they'll, they'll go with whatever you say. Hey, that you had a really good gig that time. I did, yeah. Yeah, I recorded it. Yeah, and Bill, even Billy came up to me after um, mm. and was like, dude, that's the best I've ever seen you do. Yeah, that's great. And and I said to him, yeah, man, I think it was just doing this. And and the reason for that is I, I did a gig with um, Steve Hughes at the Trades Hall, um, this charity gig. It wasn't just Steve. Chris Wainhouse was on, uh, Richard Stubbs. And uh, Steve Hughes walked out, and you could tell the audience were like, "Who the fuck's this guy?" Oh, they didn't know him. No, because they're not wow. a comedy audience. They, these, these, right. they were uh, first responders. It was like a okay. um, a mental health or, um, first responders charity gig, and um, breakthrough ride, I think they're called. And um, Steve, you know, he was introduced as, "Oh, you know, your, your big headliner for the evening," and you could just see. People were like, Steve, who the fuck's this guy? Dave Hughes. I know him, but who the <laughs> fuck's Steve Hughes? But just from the way he walked on stage, and he even took his time to to like get to the mic, pick it up, took his coat off or something like that, put his drink down, whatever, and then he addressed them. But you could tell just the way he walked on and looked at them and did all that shit, he was like, you guys don't have to worry. I know what the fuck I'm doing. It was all in yeah. his body language. It's so and he true. destroyed. Yeah, and 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 have you seen have you seen slightly past that spectrum where you get an open mic act who goes, I've got to be confident, I've got to be calm, and they come on, they take way too long, they look rigid, yeah. they're trying to be cool, calm, collected, but they're anything but. You can see through them. You really have to believe it. You really have to feel like, nah, I'm I'm relaxed, I'm in control, I'm calm. Well, it's different. I th- yeah, I think especially at an open micer, you'd have to approach that different. At an open mic, you have to approach that differently. Like at Dirty Secrets, I think you have to come out like with something pretty fucking quick to let people mm. know what you're doing, mm. because uh, everyone there who's just been sat through what they've ever had to watch in <laughs> that in that hour is probably thinking, "All oh, right, this is an open mic. This mm. is this is what we expect. It's shit." Mm. But so you, it's a different. I think you have to come out swinging straight pretty quick. Whereas you know Steve in that situation where it was in front of like two hundred people, just took his time and that just said something different to them. Mm. Um, it's similar to like when you get up some nights. I watch you get up and you sit down. Yeah, it it's just, called stand up, Johnny. I know, but I just I started sitting down because I tried to get to a point where I wanted to do it for myself and not the crowd. I didn't want to yeah. pander to the audience because I just felt that. If I was there for the audience, I wouldn't be doing what I really wanted to do. So mm. I thought, take a seat because then that will force you to play for yourself so you can enjoy it first and foremost and mm. then find your style that way. Because mm. uh, I spent a lot of time in England just shit scared doing stag parties, hens parties. And they were just, you got to come out swinging. Right. No rest, nothing. Give them what they want. Yeah, sure. I was Australian. They poked fun at me at the cricket because I think that we were losing test matches back then when I was in the England. Just and that, just that moment in history. That's when you were there. Yeah, <laughs> and oh. they were fucking giving it to me straight yeah. off. So it was um, you had to have your guard up straight away. But mm. yeah, I mean, there. That's where you want to get to. Um, 
Have you ever had moments where you doubt your material? Where you think, oh, fuck, I don't think this is funny anymore. Or I can't make it work. Why can't I make it work? It was gold. It was working all this time. Um, Every single minute of every single day. So you're always doubting? Completely doubting. I, really? I had a real interesting conversation with um, a psychiatrist called Kim Lee. He's a, he does comedy in Adelaide. Um, and he's a psychiatrist. And he he said, um, oh, that's delusion. You're delusional. And I was like, what do you mean, delusional? He said, well, how often do you do well in a gig? And I said, well, yeah, they tend to go pretty well. Mm. He said, yeah, but you still question it every time you go. Mm. I'm like, yeah, and as soon as, it's, as soon as I've walked off, I'm already thinking about the next gig and how that's going to go rather than just enjoying what's happened. And he said, well, that's delusional. It works both ways. You can go in thinking you're wonderful and you're shit, and that's delusional. But you can also be pretty good at this and think you're shit, and that's also delusional. So I'm delusional. I guess. We're all delusional. Then. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. So you have to. So what you say? It's good to have a healthy dose of delusionary. I th- well, I I don't know. I guess it works different for different because you can see some super confident people who mm. who just bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb. But then, and I'll name them now. Yeah. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I just edited that out. We just ran off another hour of names. <laughs> My lips are sore. <laughs> Parched. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, you know. I, I actually kind of admire them in a way because I'd fuck. I'd love to have that confidence. But then they're getting no laughs. They're getting no laughs. No. But can you imagine getting I, no laughs but still having no problem? No, right. I don't admire that. That's madness. I'm off to another gig. Oh man, I'd, that's I'd, lunacy. I'd love to live in that world. I reckon it would be so relaxing. No. You, you just surely because why do they keep doing it? Surely it must be like. I, I talk to um, Billy Styles a lot, and we talk about pretty much every day. We talk about how like we could quit right now, easily, because it's not it's not fun. I know probably I know probably for most people watching me, and they're like, God, but he just destroys all the time. <laughs> they're probably they're probably like, surely that's fun. It's not. So it's, reiterate that you're not having fun. I I rarely have. I got into this to write. I wanted to write for someone. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to find a comedian who would let let me write for them. And I was told no one, no one is going to let you write for them unless you try doing it yourself. So are you, are you saying that if a big celebrity, if they said to you, write for me, I'll pay you a hundred grand a year, just don't gig again. I want all your material. You'd give up. For a hundred grand a year? Yeah. Well, I do most things for a hundred grand a year. <laughs> Johnny, it's not just that. So you're um, out. Yeah, I I um I wow. wanted to be a soccer player. I don't know what I want to do. Like I wanted to. No, that's not true. I was. Do you know what? It's this. This is actually a cool story. Finish your point with stand up first, because I reckon that's. So you don't have fun. Well, no, because I'm an anxious, shy guy, which right. probably doesn't come across now. No, I see that. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Um, in- incredibly shy. Um, and in yeah, in- in crippling anxiety. Used to, used yep. to used to have crippling anxiety. Now I, I've um I've learned to live with it. And and not doing too bad at comedy helps anyway. Like getting up and going out. Like especially like. Do you think you need to do this? Because I need to do stand up. I, I I know it sounds really weird, but if I don't do stand up, I don't feel right mentally. I just um, I need to do. No, it. I I've got a, I've got um a wife and two kids. They're, ah, right, they're, okay. they're much more important. Yeah. Than than stand up to me. Although I'm sure they question that sometimes with, <laughs> with how often I'm out and stuff yeah. like that. But um I think that's that offers perspective. Uh, mm. For sure, um, yeah. Look, it's it's difficult, man. Because like it's 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 love hate. Let's put it that way. It's definitely definitely love hate. 
But that's where the beauty is. Oh, yeah. Anything, the reality of a situation is, yeah, like you love your wife, I'm sure, but there's yeah. moments where... It's depressing, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you love, you have to have elements of hate in there. It's yeah. just realistic. It's, you know, yeah. it's not Disney. It's I love her. reality. Yeah. And she hates me. Yes, That's the, yeah, the balance. We've got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Look, like I... You have to love hate stand-up because if you yeah. love it too much, then you're not going to push yourself to get better. You I, have to have that hate because the hate creeps in and the hate makes you question your material, the way you're expressing yourself on stage, whether you're happy or not, and you just push. Yeah. You're either right or you don't. It Look, it, it is difficult, and, and it probably it's tied up in anxiety and things like that stemming back from being a kid, but it's... So you've, you've had anxiety since... A kid. I, 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 it didn't, it didn't surface till I was, uh, till I had my own kids, but um, I think moving here from the UK was pretty tough, yeah. uh, and I didn't realize as a fourteen-year-old how tough it was uh, until I was much older. But I had, a, had a, a fair, because we were only supposed to be here for a year. That's what we were told. We were going to Australia for a year, and that was a bigger deal enough as it was at that age. And, so your dad uh, sold you a dummy, did they go? Yeah, just uh, one year. Well, then, well, to be fair, we, we were actually said bye to everyone at school and everything after a year. We thought, they, they generally thought we'd only be here a year. Mm. And here we are. Um, good, nearly, like, you know, 25 years more here. So, um, it's all right. You guys are all right. We're all right. Yeah. You're okay. So, what happened when you came over here where you were suffering anxiety because of the transition? Like, primary school was different, school was different, your TV shows went there. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, your whole reality was different. <laughs> What the fuck's aggro? Remember yeah. aggro's cartoon connection? Yeah, aggro was great. Yeah, but f- like I came over from a... He was a creepy fucker. Well, and he looked like he'd been found on the floor. He looked like a Muppet on that would, didn't make the cut. They're yeah. Like, nah. Whereas in my country, we had Muppets that made the cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> they were the top of the range Muppets. Hang on a second. Didn't you have Jimmy Savile? Yeah. Oh, like, man. <laughs> I used to watch him. He, <laughs> yeah, he was a different type of Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he had his. He didn't have his arm up Muppets. He had his arm up something else. But yeah, I, I used to watch Jimmy Savile every Saturday. Jim will fix it. He fucking. If you don't know who Jimmy Savile is, he was a convicted pedophile. Yeah. And um, one of the worst. Yew a, tree. A lot of people mm. tipped it off. He, he, even in the seventies. A uh, lot of people did, yeah. but they just they, it just fell on deaf ears. It was, uh, it was him and like Gary Glitter was another one. Another Gary one. Glitter. And there's, there's a real uncomfortable interview. Um, you know, I think you have the show here, This Is Your Life. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Oh, my God, that's well, go scary. On, tell us what happens. So it's This Is Your Life, which I'm pretty sure is a show you have Mike here. Mike Munro, the book, This Is Your Life, You've Done Fuck right. All. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they had the, the, it's been going for years in the UK. I'm not sure if it's still going now. No, not here. here now, but yeah. they, we're aware of it. I'm not sure if it's still going in the UK either, but um, Gary Glitter was on. This is like in the early 80s. And they had them on, and they bought out these three, like, I think they were, like, groupies almost, like three fans who, I guess, went on to do something, but were, like, friends of his. And they came out, and they were like, oh, yeah, we first met Gary when we were 14, and they're all laughing. And she mentioned stuff, oh, you know, we used to go to his room, and uh, and he got so, he was like... Like waving his arms, like no, 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 move on, move on, move on. Yeah, great to see it. Like it was really awkward. Fucking hell. Um, but yeah, that's on YouTube somewhere, and it's it's really creepy. Like he's about to be found out on, on 
this is your life. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a revelation, that, isn't it? it? Is. But yeah, um, but yeah, Jimmy. Oh yeah, Jimmy Savile. That's how we got into him. So, I knew he mm. was creepy as fuck when uh, he would uh, give up his Friday nights and go to um, uh, mental hospital and just stay overnight with the patients and wash the shower oh, the patients, God. and they were all like kids, and no one, everyone that thought. Island. Yeah, everyone thought, oh, what a great guy. But no one questioned it. Oh, well, people did, actually. Sorry, but no one. They did. Um, what do you call it? Johnny Rotten from jo- the Sex Johnny Pistols. Johnny Rotten, In the yeah. 70s was called. In the 70s, it. yeah. Yeah, but um, you can't touch the elite. Nothing's changed, man. Nothing's changed. Now they're just, Jenny Savills are just running the, the whole pandemic. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's their the, fault. Lizard, the lizard people. It's yeah. the lizards. Uh, yeah, Vaccine, microchip. Mm-mm. I love those people. They're a lot of fun. I, do you know what? It just we makes it more interesting. That's oh, yeah, for exactly sure. right. For sure. They've been around for centuries. Have you heard David Icke speak? Yeah, heaps. I love it. I oh. went to see David Icke, and people thought I was nuts, but I said to him, you sit down with a box of popcorn to indulge yourself in a science fiction fantasy like Star Wars. Completely. Why not just spend that same money to go to a David Icke show, sit front row, and hear a guy take you on this wonderful adventure that the Queen's a lizard from another planet. It's, do you know what, though? Fucking gorgeous. Even if it's true, like if it turned out to be true, <laughs> if it turned out to be true, it would change nothing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I would still go home tonight. Did you guys see that? Like the lizard people, it's true. Yeah. The lizard people are true. Yeah. What's for dinner? Yeah, I'll, um, let's sort something <laughs> out. It's, it doesn't change. Like, 9-11 changed nothing. The day 9-11 happened, I was watching that eating a pack of crisps. A packet of crisps, chips, whatever. But, like, it changed. Like, it wasn't like... That was it. Like, that was such a huge event. Like, you remember you where you were? going, holy fuck? Yeah, but... Well, oh, I was at the comics shit. lounge. Were <laughs> uh, you really? really? <laughs> while, it was, oh, while it was happening. I was at the comics lounge. Shit. Chris Franklin was emceeing. And Chris Franklin came out after the break and he's gone like a wonderful news reporter that he is. He goes, oh, we don't know whether to keep the show going because two planes have crashed into a building in New York. And everyone starts laughing. He goes, no, (laughs) I'm not fucking joking. I'm serious. Two planes have crashed into the towers in New York. And then there's silence. And then Dan's like, just fucking end the show. And we ended the show and then... um, Dan had set up a TV at the front bar because this is so long ago. And, um, yeah, we watched it. And then uh, there was this sense of panic. For yeah. some reason, it was like, everyone go home. Yeah. It was so strange. It wasn't go to Macca's or stop off somewhere else. It was just go straight home because yeah. you don't know what's going on. There's this fear that this is happening. What can happen here? Is it is it a, 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 an attack that's like... Happening at the same time is something going to happen here. So we all just went home and yeah. Do you know what would have been amazing if Chris Franklin said, "New York's under attack by the Middle East. They've crashed two planes into the two towers." Anyway, Akmal, uh, let's, let's get him out. <laughs> that would have been incredible. What a night! That'd be memorable. Do you know what's real? Can I tell you? I don't know how many people remember this because we still only we didn't have like um, you had Foxtel, but most people only had the. Uh, Seven, ten, nine, and yeah. SBS and ABC. I remember Galaxy. Do you remember Galaxy? Or were you two? You and here? What yeah. was? No, what was? No, I, I was it here was, in '94. It was the prequel to Foxtel. No, we had Optus Vision. That's the only one I remember. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. So anyway, sorry, I cut you no, off. That's right. 
the on Channel Ten the night like of because I know it happened in the evening for us, and then we had the whole day of like you know waking up to all the news about what's happening in New York. The that evening there was a film on Channel Ten at like eleven o'clock that started. So just it was just World Trade Center news all day, just all day this terrorist attack, and then the news finished at eleven o'clock, and I'm like, oh, here's a movie to watch. And the movie, I shit you not, it had the guy, oh, what's his name? He's in Beverly Hills Cop and he's in Vice Versa. Um, he's the, the tall, skinny guy, white guy. Anyway. Not Nick Nolte? No, I no. forgot his name. Um, um, it, the opening of this film was a plane flying into a fucking building oh. in New York. Fuck. And they're going, the pilots are going nuts, and 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 it just the the planes about, and you, I'm watching, going, what the fuck's this? And then it all stopped, and they were in a flight simulator. They were learning to be pilots, and the film's about these two guys who want to be pilots, but they fail, so they become um, air hosts and hostesses. That's the that was the it was a comedy film, but the opening scene was them crashing into a, like a big sky rise building on the night of september 11th. on the night of september 11th. fuck that's yeah. weird man like uh, surely someone at channel 10 was just like oh fuck they <laughs> didn't yeah put problem child on something like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> the garbage pill kids anything yeah, kurt just, russell escaped from new york yeah it's anything man but yeah. um yeah there was that and me and my mate were watching it just like what the like what's going on fuck were you young were you too young to remember challenger uh, what year was that? Eighty uh, six. Yeah, I was uh, five or six. So I remember Berlin Wall. Remember that being a big deal. But yeah. I think that was eighty six. I remember Chernobyl. You do. Well, it was it was a big deal because we were kind of like being warned of uh, acid rain and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, of course. Because we're not that you know miles wise, we're a lot closer than we are here. Well, so it yeah. Was a problem. I think Perth and Melbourne is like London, Moscow. Yeah. So there so you go. It was a thing. I mean, remember the the clouds from the um, volcano in Chile were stopping flights over in Perth. Mm. I know that because I was in, stuck in Perth for a, a night due due to the the cloud smoke from the the volcano. So yeah, so this was it was a it was a problem for us. So just as a kid, you just you know you hear your mum and dad talking about it and worried and stuff mm. like that. But um, I remember that, but not Challenger. No. You um, so you were in the UK up until fourteen, right? So yeah. you've never been back. To do stand up? No, I've never done stand up. You there. were gonna go last year, with yeah. supporting Steve Hughes. Yeah, right? I was gonna. I was hopefully gonna be opening for him. We were talking about it. Um, uh, I think he needed a driver more than anything else. But because um, the other guy that he had, um, he had a comedian over there already. But he doesn't drive, Matt. You can drive. Mm. Um, so I was gonna drive um, and go and see my nana, in, and she's got Alzheimer's. She's not very well at all. Um, but yeah, all got cancelled, and Fuck. probably just as well because if I'd got stuck over there, it would have been even more trouble. Yeah, and oh, um, fuck, I don't know. In a car with Steve Hughes, listening to um his um conspiracy theories, they're fucking it, great. But God, after an hour, listening to his music as well. I've I've done a, a four hour drive. Um, and look, me and Steve Garon, but um, yeah, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, but we listened to his his heavy metal album, and there was <laughs> there's a bit in it where he does um. It's uh, what you call it. He's just he's just reciting like his poetry over a song, so it's just speech, it's just him talking. And I said to him, I said, "Oh, you've put some stand-up on this album as well. That's pretty cool." <laughs> and the look on his face, he wasn't happy. Oh no, he just like turned around, like, like just a cunt. Yeah, it's a different mm. side of him, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't want to cross. Who said that? Someone said he he gave an interview on heavy metal, 
and someone asked him a stand-up related question and he just let it go through to the keeper. He just looked at the person like they were an idiot. Didn't even acknowledge it. Just right. wanted only to talk about his music. Well, it's a fine line, isn't it? As, mm. the, as the guys from Spinal Tap say, and it's a fine line with heavy metal mm. and looking like Spinal Tap. <laughs> so, yeah, I, we, we, me and my wife met um, Jason Schwartzman. You know the, the the actor? He was in the film called Rushmore. No. Um, he's in... Oh, he's in. He's he's really good. He's in heaps of films, and I can't think of them right now. But um, he was in a band called um, Phantom Planet. They did the song California um, that was used in that show, um, which I can't remember. Some teen show, like it was like Dawson's Creek, but a few years after Dawson's Creek, can't remember it. Um, it's like we've been on the run, hiding in the sun, looking up for number one, California. Here, Here we come, come, right back where we started from. from. Yeah, that was their song. They were they were popular before that got used on the TV show, and we went to the Evelyn to watch them, and he's the drummer and also the main songwriter for this band Phantom Planet, and uh, they were out from the US. Really cool night. There was only like thirty people at this gig. Uh, it was invite only, and we got through a friend who worked for Sony. We got to go to this gig, and we got to hang out with them at the end. But we were told wherever you do, me and the wife were told by the agent, wherever you do, when you speak to Jason, please do not mention his film career so he just likes to talk about you just keep it music and we went over to get a photo with him i've got the photo with both our arms around. he's a lovely guy he's like hi guys he's real small so he's got his arms up like this around us. he's like hi it's real nice to meet you guys you know really cool and i'm like mate you guys were great tonight he's like, oh, thanks 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 i'm like yeah and can i just say rushmore is my most favorite film of all time and we just love you in it. And his face just fucking dropped. Like he just went white and his smile just went. And the photograph just captures him at this moment where he's like, <laughs> like with the two biggest losers he's Fuck. ever been with. Why so though? angry. I don't know, man. Well, I mean, if you were super famous, I'd, you'd be, I'd, if I was super famous, I'd be fine talking about fucking anything. Anything. So why did, did his, was he upset that his film career never flourished? No, it's still, he still works. He's so, working a lot. He's doing well, man. Like, if I show you a picture of him, you go, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He's been yeah, his. right. So why would he have a... I just want pick. to keep it separate, don't I? It's just... Mm. Uh, it's, uh, maybe they don't think they can be taken seriously as lots of things. It's interesting, because at the end of the day, it's, it, it all pours into the same ego cup, you know? Well, yeah. Oh, and it's fuck. all creative and artistic and... I don't know. But, yeah, man, it was, uh, he, was, he was not happy. <laughs> But we got our photo with him. And I'm not talking like a little mobile selfie. This is like a proper photographer walking mm. around taking photos. This is before cameras were on phones. So. Do you miss your days of like being a frontman on a band? Nah. You don't? All. Nah. Because you got as high as, um, you got as far as like Triple J. Yeah, yeah we were on Triple J like for, for three months almost every day. What and, were you uh, called? Brilliant Fanzine. It's the shittest name. We picked it out of a hat. Literally picked Words, Where did words fanzine come from? Fanzine's like um, a magazine made by fans. Oh, okay. So um, it's it's a very British thing, I think. Although you, you have like fanzine shops here. Um, so it's, it's, it's like photocopiers and texts just written on paper and you make your own little magazine, staple it, and you'd sell it, you know, like it's unis and things like that. Mm. Um, so unofficial fanzines. Um, I think we were going for like a, do you know the band Teenage Fan Club? Or you might have heard the name. Uh, Doesn't matter if you haven't. No. That's, we were like Teenage Fan Club. Uh, we want, so we put two names in a hat and just pulled until 
they were the two best sounding ones. Honestly, the two best sounding ones out of a heap of shit. One of the worst things about being in a band is you're dealing with like four or five other uh, people who have ideas, and that's what shit. Whereas the great thing about comedy is I'm dealing with one person yeah, man. who has brilliant ideas, and it's I amazing. just yeah, and I just get to share that brilliance with all of you. <laughs> so that's it, man. That's 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 how much like it's just so much easier doing comedy. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I can completely understand that. So having said that, was there, were you clashing creatively? Oh man, we had a fight on stage one night. Holy fuck. At, at the Apollo Music Festival. How, f- how many years in were you at this stage before the fight broke out? Because I just want to get a grasp of the tension yeah. building. Are we talking five years old, this band? So that was like, yeah, 2003, four, I think we released four, five. So it was 2006. So yeah, we were three years in. So three years in on stage. On stage, yeah. In front of a thousand people. No, no, no. We were very lucky. Um, we were on at the same time as UMI, and the, they were like the main headlining band. Wow. Okay. So we we were in a room that would fit probably about two hundred people. Oh, actually, maybe that's my maybe it's more like a hundred people. My memory's thinking two hundred. Um, the there was about thirty people there. Um, I was really sick all weekend. Like as soon as we got in the car to drive to Apollo Bay, I had like a gastro problem. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So I was like getting up out of bed, mm. off the toilet, just to go on stage for like a 15 minute set and then going back to bed and just being like so ill for the whole weekend. And uh, this, this was our last gig. Um, the guitarist and we'd had a gig in the morning and it went really well that was like in front of 200 people it had been brilliant and um then our last gig that in the evening was coinciding with umi headlining at the main tent we were in a cool room but they were in the main tent and everyone had gone to see them understandably so um our bass player and guitarist had just got on got on the gear and the the booze and everything all day long and by the time i woke up and went <laughs> went went to the gig it just exploded. There'd been a fight breaking out between the two couples, their their respective girlfriends and their wives were having argy bargy. They weren't talking to each other, and it was just fucking. Nightmare. Was it about something creatively about the band, nah, or was they it? They were just high. They were just drunk and right. high, and it was just. It was more. I think the two girls had had. I don't even know what it. Like I said, I was sick. So it got physical on stage. Um, did it get physical? No, I don't think it got physical. I think we had to, we we made the bass player leave. We were just going to play without a bass player. But then he came back, but he was like, he was, he, look, he was being a dick, but he was being a dick because he was off his face. Mm. He's he's a lovely guy. And, um, but I just remember like, <laughs> this is all happening behind, like the full on argument. Yeah, because you're the front man. Pushing and you're shouting, s- shouting. But I had nothing, because I'd been sick all day. And I just like one <laughs> looked looked out at the like thirty people that were there, and one of them was a girl who she stayed in touch with us because she, she saw us early in the day, thought we were brilliant, and talked all her friends out of going to see you oh, and I no. to come and watch us. So you've got sinuses and gastro, yeah, doing half-assed performance. Meanwhile, behind you, the guitarist and the bass player weren't. And talk- they're all they're just all swearing they're all, at each like, other, shout, like having a full-on shouting argument Fuck. on stage, but playing the notes as they're going. No, 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 stopped. Oh, nothing happening shit. yeah 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 there's nothing were happening. you singing or did you just hum or did you hum no no or? we didn't even get to start like we walked on stage and this is kicking off behind me <laughs> and i'm like oh, oh i'd like, love to see that oh man it was insane and i i you um got vi- video footage of it no nah, no nah. um i um 
And because it's before all that, it's before people filming fucking everything. So what do you do at that stage? Are you the type of person that's going to turn around and go, "Hey guys, fucking come on, let's do this show," or do you just go, "Let them run their course. I don't care." Well, what can I do? That's kind of. I've always been a bit of a loner, and that's kind of the way I, I normally operate. But what I did is I walked over to our box of CDs, and I just started handing them out for free to everyone in the audience and just saying sorry. They sorted out something to an extent. I got up on stage and said, hey, don't do drugs, kids. And we started playing. But the bass player was like singing. We turned his microphone off because he was just singing. Or like he was just, you know, carrying on being a twit. It was just, you, you kind of knew it was the end of, the beginning of the end, so mm. to speak. Um, it's a shit feeling, isn't it? Uh, it when you have, when that, when the beginning of the end feeling washes over you. It's a sad feeling because you know you're not out yet. But yeah. here we go. It's a different chapter now. It's the beginning of the end. We could whether it's a breakup or your band breaking up or a yeah. personal breakup. That moment. It's this. Yeah, that moment when it crystallizes. You yeah. know, oh, this is gonna be shit. Because then all of a sudden your motivation is withered. Yeah. How do you go in? Well, your love for it. Your love for it's gone. So mm-hmm. that's just it. And uh, it just yeah. I just look. I think. I think because I felt that sick, I just didn't really give a shit. One of the, mm. the main problem was a couple of weeks later, we got interviewed by a pretty big music site at the time. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, and the, this this woman who, who was actually a friend of someone in the bands, I think, a friend of the drummers, um, she did the interview and she asked me about that and I explained it to her just as I did to you. But the story that she released, um, just she, like... There was punches being thrown, um, you know, uh, like that. That like she took it to that level. She and, uh, lied to yeah, get she us because li- it was more interesting. Her, I mean, that, it, like was she said, a journalist? Yeah, yeah. She she was a music. I think she worked for the enemy in the UK, but she now moved out to Australia, and she was trying to find a feat. So I think I think it was called like the Dwarf or I can't remember the site. It was like a, a big wow. music site. I can't remember the name of it, but um, and it probably doesn't exist anymore. Like I said, this is two thousand six. And, um, yeah, the story she did was, like, way out there. And, like, the bass player called me up straight. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And his wife was training to be a lawyer. And they're, like, you know, like, trying to get they angry. put it on you, thinking that you yeah. relayed this said, information what? to the journal. I said, did you read the article? And he's, like, yeah. And I said, well, she's saying, like, we were staying in tents. We weren't staying in tents. We were staying in fucking, like, proper, like, um, un- holiday units. You know what I mean? Like, like, you can see it's being embellished, surely. Like, surely you can tell... This has all been embellished because it's saying we were sleeping in tents and arguing in intent. Like it, so you're trying to calm down the bass player. Yeah. I was At the sh- same time, are you looking forward going, how do I get in touch with this journalist to tell a fucking... Nah, just- no, nah, I didn't care. I didn't mean, care. You know, I, I was... Uh, any publicity is good. I hope you don't see her in the front row of your gig. I can't remember what she looks like. I think she was quite attractive, which means nothing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> Cancelled. Cancelled O'Neill for saying a woman was attractive. Babe, babe, babe. You know, that's probably why she got the job. Um, no, she was a, an excellent writer. Um, no, she wasn't. She was a fucking liar. <laughs> she was a lying bitch. <laughs> Unless she's going to come to your gig and say that was awesome, amazing, and you, I just did all right. Uh, look, yeah, it was it was fine. We 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 got back together, patched things up. 2010, we had a tour of um, the east coast of Australia. How long were you on tour for? Oh, only like we did like. Um, uh, Sydney, Newcastle, Brisbane, Melbourne. That was it. In a bus? No, no, no. A plane. We plane, flew, hotel, yeah, yeah. separate rooms. 
Uh, no, we were in we were in Cool Digs together. Like cool, what, what we we one night we stayed in like a shitty hostel place in um, Sydney. That was a bit shit. That was probably the worst. But and you're getting it, along okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone got on That's fine. Great. Like this, it, that, that was still simmering. But we just kind of, I think this, we kind of all maybe also maybe felt this is the only time we're going to do this. Was this the last attempt at trying to go forward? Like, I think everyone just almost wanted something to tell the grandkids at one point. Like, I, I always enjoyed just doing the studio stuff. Like, I even enjoy that now. Like, I, I enjoy doing this little, like, podcast thing I'm doing at home sometimes more than I do. Like, it's easier. I don't have to go in the car. I don't have to have that anxiety of trying to find a car park and then walking in. It's great seeing mates. Like, tonight when we're doing a gig tonight, mm. when catching up with you, Mimi, uh, John and Izzy, that's brilliant, that part. But then... Looking out at the audience, are they gonna like me? Oh, what jokes that they just liked? Yeah, I think they'll like my one that's similar to that. Or oh, I don't know. Oh, no, they're gonna hate me. That's it. That feeling all the way up to the moment you actually walk on stage, I could do without it. Something's happening to you though, on stage. I've noticed in the last six months you're 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 asserting your presence on stage more. Mm. You're you're not allowing the audience. You're telling the audience, I know what I'm doing. Even though you may not, you're trying to sell some confidence and it does work for you. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like lately you've been going, I know what I'm doing. There's this air of confidence about you. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But I saw you one gig where you were too confident and the crowd didn't like you. But then I saw you the next night and you pulled it back a bit to give them that sheepish look that you give the crowd sometimes yeah. that playfulness yeah it's a and balance i think that was a beautiful balance like three quarters confidence and a quarter sheepishly looking at the crowd cheekily and mm. that playfulness of you is very very attractive mm. to a crowd they love that about you man that's it's a big draw card yeah it's um and i don't know how to put my finger on it but it's also that's just who i am as well that's yeah. like like I, i'm normally a bit cheeky and yes uh, Cheapish. That's the, like that's that thing I was saying about getting to the point where you are just who you are off stage, in normal life. I know there's some people who go up and act, or whatever. But like, that's yeah, I, that's where I'm trying to get to. But the um, yeah, that that came about during festival. I um, yeah, because you did like a solid month. Yeah, and for, for gig- me, which is a lot. And you gigged alongside some really good fucking yeah. talent, man. Yeah, it was it, it really was next good level. talent. It was probably like it was probably the closest I'd get to an experience you had being in the UK. Yes, absolutely, because you're amongst Gordon Southern. Yeah, um, John Lynn, who's brilliant. John Lynn, Rory Lowe, Rory Lowe, who's, who's great. My, yeah, he's he's a um, firecracker. Heavy hitters, man. Yeah, and it was uh, the first night I couldn't match. But I learned quick. Really? You I couldn't match the first no, night? No, first night I was so nervous because it was like, um, it was best of British at the Exford, which is, you know, obviously I got on because no one's traveling here. Uh, you know, I get it. Um, and uh, I went along and a lot of people had, had um, backed me for the gig. Uh, Talc had gone up and said, oh, you got to give him a spot. We um, all would. Yeah, you're ready. The boys from the lounge did. It was necessary really nice. for you to do it. Yeah. Uh, but you're that, there. The first, that's very kind but the first night I just like it was alright but it just what they, those guys are going at 10 you know what I mean yeah. they're at 10 10 10 and then I came on and it was like a 6 or a 7 and uh, you know most people if they listen back to it would go fuck you did really well man but I was just I knew I was just like no nah, I was too nervous And but then the next night 
I went in and I just I I turned it on its head. What was the so, difference from the next night? You just you were more like, nah, fuck it, I'm just gonna go for yeah. it. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, but that that wasn't the turning point. The turning point was like about a week later. I was doing Kings with Izzy, and we were both. Um, it was me, him, and Pete Jones, and we were all having a chat backstage. And um, I was like, I fucking hate this. And Pete Jones was like, really? I was like, what we've basically spoken about tonight. And Pete Jones loves it. He loves comedy. And you can tell in his performance. He's mm. fantastic. He enjoys it. Um, you can see he's having fun. And he loves being a gig pig. He loves going from one gig to the next and just getting up. Yeah, well, he ran a bet with um, Aiden Taco Jones, who could do the most gigs in a year. Right. So, yeah, he loves it. Gig pig. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, well, fuck you. Like, I, just, I don't want to talk to this guy. I want to talk to someone who's like, you know, where's Billy? Where's my Billy? <laughs> where's my Billy boy? Where are you, Billy? Um, Izzy was there, thank Billy's God. who you want as a pilot when the plane's <laughs> going down. Yeah, nah, look, it's not yeah. looking good. Just, I think we're fucked, obviously, yeah. clearly. Yeah. What's the point, man? What's the point in going on anyway? Let's ride this bitch into the towers. Um, uh, Izzy was there, and Izzy was, like, sat in the corner by himself, uh, looking a bit sorry for himself. And how you go? I was like, man, do you hate this? And he's like, fuck yeah. I'm like, Really? He's like, fuck yeah, I hate this. I'm like, I hate this. Why do we hate this? Why are we doing it? You know, why are we doing it? And we had a really good chat, and we both went on and fucking smashed. And I went on and had what you're talking Like, I couldn't give a shit anymore. In fact, it's almost now getting to a point, you know, comedy, they, the, the audience is coming to sit there and judge us. Mm. That's where it is. Mm. I'm trying to flip it on its head now. That's why I sit down sometimes when That's I feel point. like it. Yeah, well, have to try and turn the equation. I'm judging them. That's what I try and do. Mm. I'll even go through the audience and say, "You're doing good. You're doing good." Yes, you need I've to seen improve. You do that. That's Someone, great. let's move you over here. This is shit. Like it's it's almost like no, no, no. You, I'm, I'm, ju- I know I'm getting paid and you're paid to come here, but fuck yeah, I'm judging you. Like you need to lighten up. Melbourne crowds are shit in in music terms. They're shit and they're brilliant. They're shit because they're tough, but they're brilliant because they're tough. So you're only going to get a Complete, brief yeah. comic who is fucking good. That's, I shouldn't say shit. They're not easy, is what I should have said. Yeah, we know what you You've got to work for it. Yeah. You got to very yeah, you got to work hard. I love it. It's like mm. the New York of uh Australian comedy. You just got to be fast, quick, and if they don't like you, they'll fucking let you know about it. Oh yeah. Whereas the Gold Coast they were laughing at the setups. Yeah. You know when they laugh at a setup, you just like your bit 1 million views that they'd be like going berserk at that. And yeah. you'd, you'd be like this is this is too easy. It's too easy. And and I find those gigs aren't that fun. It's interesting you say that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did the, I think it was like the fourth time I did the lounge. I was on with, um, it was, I think it was Ben Lomas and Ad, Adam Rosenbeck. We were both there, and uh, it was a Tuesday night, and um, which I'm not, I don't know, I'm, that's cool. Tuesday's cool. I'm just saying it's Tuesday night, and um, the um, they were they'd both been on way before me because you know like the the superstars go on early because they've got to piss off home because they've got to get up early to do the radio or whatever the proper job is. Yeah, I'm on last. Me too. So I was on. Um, but I just tell everyone I was headlining. But last no, no. is fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, it's great because they've seen so much good comedy mm. that there's not much left in it. So you got to really wring that towel out. Well, and I love going on last. Yeah. No, I, I, I. I I, I, I've started to enjoy more doing gigs where there's not that many people. I like like a, a little open mic room. I enjoy doing that more than... Because it, it, it's, 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 it's more hard work. Like, you can really stand out 
in a room where everyone's dying in front of three people. Mm. But in a room where there's like 200 people and they're just laughing at, like you said, setups. How do you stand out? How do you, how do you prove yourself to be the funniest in the room? Not that that's the the game, but that feels nice sometimes. But like, how do you how do you like differentiate? And that was the thing with this night at the lounge. They were both in the green room saying, "Oh, that was great. That was just they're, they're so so easy. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna have a great time. They're so easy." And I was like, "Oh, it was the first time I'd come across it." I was like, "Ah," oh. and I get it now because like sometimes if you're gigging as much as those guys do, a few easy ones would be really nice to imagine. So you're not just like fuck every time I have to like pay attention and think what am i going to do next and how am i going to say this mm. and how am i going to deliver it whereas if it's just like you said laughing at setups i can just go out there and do whatever and it's going to be easy this is you can just go and cruise control for the night mm. um but i just it felt like cheating it just felt like that was it was shit like yeah sure it was great in front of that many people but i didn't get, didn't get you get i got more out of doing it in front of five people and and getting some out of them while everyone else wasn't like that was that was more of a challenge so why why do you do it if you hate it again if i can ask if you can distill it yeah, it's um can well, you distill it into a single or not yet or? well i think i think because like like i said originally i wanted to do it just because i wanted to write and um and i was told no one's going to listen to you if you if you don't actually do it and so i went and did it and it was really hard to do like i was really nervous and and as i went along um you know you start to realize i'm not i'm all right at this it's not that bad and um, I think there's maybe just a glutton for punishment. Oh, no. What else am I going to do? I can't play football anymore. Well, That's one of the reasons I'm doing it as well. Well, this is where I want to go. Why do we do this? I hate it. We do this because it kind of defines who I am now because I've been doing it for 19 years. It's, yeah. It's too much a part of me. But do you, well, you say you, you almost use it as therapy, what you're saying? Oh, well, yeah. Therapy. Do yeah. you love it or? Love, hate. Which, which I think is uh, on a fundamental level correct, the mm-hmm. correct answer for anything you do. Mm-hmm. I went surfing this morning and I only caught two waves in the whole hour. Every other wave, I slipped, fell off, head first, couldn't get up. But two waves, I got up. It was a love-hate relationship. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah. I do. you got to hate stand-up sometimes. you got to hate what you do sometimes because then it makes the love feel like real love when you love it otherwise how do you compare it well I, th- I think it makes you work harder as well yes that's the thing like um like i said when i've had a bad gig i'll i'll very rarely have a, another bad gig that falls it because i really and i think it's age as well like it's my age i really fucking learn from it yeah and also what's the driving force behind your stage work what's driving you to keep writing producing is it the fact that I want to get away from just nothing but open mics. I want to do more like proper audiences that have been put together in a room for me to, mm. is that? Um, no, I, I, I think first and foremost, it's just, um, it's having a creative outlet. Like I have fun being creative. Mm. It's, it's plain and simple as that. Um, the, the, the goal doing this there there it, it's purely has from the start and is today is just to be really fucking good at it if not like this is impossible but like the best at least when you're in the room mm. i don't mean like the best in the world i just mean like you're in that room that night and people go oh yeah fuck that guy was yeah you want to crush anyone yeah. who says they don't want to crush they just that's wrong 
I'm sure there's other things like you want to have a connection, you want to say something meaningful, you want to get a bit. But at the end of the day, you do want to crush. Mm. Otherwise, it's a TED talk, right? Yeah, completely. It's a TED talk. It's uh, it's it's performance art. It's poetry. It's not uh. But I understand sometimes it has to be a TED talk, especially when I'm like doing ideas about taking mushrooms and all that. It's weird. There's no real punchline for a long time. But, you know, I remember Dumpster Fire was kind enough to let me workshop a whole heap of material there before mm. it got funny. Well, but, um, but that's that's you, right? That's, that's your writing me, process. That's my process. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I go through. Yeah, you see, whereas your material is, here's a joke, if you don't like it, here's another one. They're all mutually exclusive. Mine kind of rolls, it's a narrative, and if they don't, if they're not on board with the narrative, I start to lose them, mm. and I struggle. Mm. Whereas you can sort of chop and change, mix it up. Well, I, th- I think that, yeah, the, the interesting thing is, um, you know, it, it's all about being funny. That's what it is. That, like, that, that's our job. I think there's a lot of people who... Um, and and you can see them, especially in the open mic scene, who are like, I've got something important to say. It's like the Beatles. When they started out, they were writing I Want to Hold Your Hand and stuff like that, mm. like great pop songs. N- nothing. just They were just they were fluff, but they were amazing pop songs. And then they realized they had this power, and they started saying something with great pop songs. They had these great songs, but they were saying something. I think sometimes in comedy, we, we jump to... Too, too, so too many people jump too soon to the later Beatles rather than starting out with the I want to hold your hand and just doing jokes. Like, let's just be funny first. And as you get fucking good at this and as you get relaxed and and confident on stage and build up your presence and you know who you are, then maybe try and say something as well while being funny. I couldn't agree more. You've got to develop your tools. Yeah. You've got to really just develop your tools. It's like an apprentice on day one learning to just starting to build a home. You can't. You've got to learn to cut wood, put a plank in, make it right hand, make it a right hand angle just mm. slowly. Yeah. But yeah, comics are coming on board thinking, nah, I want to be Louis C.K. I want to be Bill Burr. Yeah. I want to be Sarah Silverman and just fucking riff and just go for it. Whoa. You can't. It doesn't. You, you haven't got... It doesn't work. You like haven't I haven't got the tools yet. I started off with one-liners. That was it. It was all one-liners. Yeah, I, I always... Yeah, I'm not a one-liner comic, but I'm always... When I started, I was like, get to a joke within 15 seconds. Yeah. If you're not at a joke within 15 seconds, you're lost. Yeah. And that's why I'm envious of writers who can write novels. <laughs> like, I just... For me, I write. If there's a punchline, I'm on the right track. Keep going. Right, okay. It's like a reference point, like a be- a beacon. Yeah. Every 15 seconds, there's a beacon, and I can keep going. Then I look back, and I'm like, wow, I'm four minutes in. Well, that's great. That's great for time. That's how I work yeah. from my conception when I first started stand-up. Well, I yeah, I did like two years of study before I did my first gig. And I mean study. Like, well, I, like you watched stand-up? Not just what, like read books. Like I, I bought books, read books, listened to podcasts. I listened to uh, Kill Tony a lot. I don't know if you've ever checked that one out where you get a minute. Um, oh. And th- it, it, there's a lot of shit to get through on that. Like there's a lot of, you know, because it's a show. But sometimes there were snippets from these judges which were just like Tony Hinchcliffe or Joe Rogan or um, Dom Arrera or something like that. Mm. Where they would tell Bill Burr, where they would tell you like um, laughs per second, LPS, like it's got a over there because it's club comedy over there. That that's mm. what it is. That's how you make your money. You know what mm. I mean? Like you you go on club. No one's doing a footy club over there. Mm. You know what I mean? No one's doing school fair. 
Mm. Like it's it's just club. There's clubs everywhere, and you can just keep traveling to them and getting paid. And uh, you've got to keep turning the laps over. Like you've got to fill your, you know. So every fifteen seconds, they said. So to start off with, that that's what I was doing. I was trying to write jokes that had beats in them every fifteen seconds. Did you need? to read that to learn that or you struck me as someone who would ascertain that prior to going into the pursuit of stand-up you struck me as someone who would understand what needs to happen you need to generate laughter consistently so my question is did mm. you learn anything in that two years of study or was you like nah it's, it wasn't until i was in the water did i learn to swim um you learn a lot quicker when you're in the water learn because i even went and did the course i went and did the, the the first ever school of hard knock knocks yeah. with uh, gavin semple we didn't go together i didn't i don't hang out with like 17 year olds i just met him there and um because i i'd done another course before that you uh, and gavin were in that class yeah we were in the class together two man. great comics yeah oh he wasn't great then <laughs> wasn't he i never was i well, it was all right um no he, he strikes me as a natural comic i love that kid yeah, oh, he's I, he's he's brilliant. He's he's like he works so hard at it. I love it. Mm. Like he wants it bad. Go get him, Gav. Uh, he won't watch this. No. Um, <laughs> until he's on it, then he won't. Yeah, anyway, he he'll be. Oh, I'm I know. Why didn't I get that gig? Mm. Don't worry, son. Stick to gaming. Yeah. <laughs> I um, yeah. What was I saying? Yeah, yeah. I I did I did courses. I I read books. I did online things. Like just, I just wanted to. I, if I was going to do it. Because I was 36, 35 when I like started that two-year thing. Listen, I was working full-time, so I didn't. I never felt like I had time and kids to come out and do an open mic. Mm. Um, I did the course, and the course was like it was. It was good to get up in front of a room of eight people, say these jokes I'd written, and get laughs. I was like, "All oh, right, I can do this." But I feel like I could have walked out after that and just gone to an open mic and took off. But I left like a whole other year until i did an actual open mic spot and uh and that's when you quickly realize the first it was it was such a lie because the first open mic i did was uh the station um station 59 kieran butler's which is highlander now mm. and it was fucking packed like it was standing room only and he drew names out the bucket and the first name he pulled out of course was fucking my name and i went on there did my one-liners went really well and um i was like wow this is this is the greatest rush this is brilliant and what, what a bunch of lovely people in the audience they love it mm. next mic i went to there was like three people in the audience and people just not talking to each other and you know that that real clique that everyone talks about which i think's diminished somewhat but was was pretty apparent back then mm. um and i was like this is the worst thing what am i what am i doing like this mm. is this shit but there's something catches man some sort of bug gets into here and you're just like I, I need to go out and be the center of attention for five minutes and see if people left think i'm as funny as i think i am which is what it ultimately is you know we, we yeah. you know I, it's funny you say you know you've been doing it you said 19 years now 19 in july yeah and you know what's funny i think so you know well, that's, well, well, they're, they're, there's the perfect answer right there 19 years in the johnny cats mm. saying i think i know what's funny yeah. We're all watching you going, fuck, this guy's fucking one of the best in the country. Mm. And second to O'Neill. And they're like, they're like, a <laughs> they're, um, you know, we're, we're like, and this, this cunt still doesn't know if it's, this, what he's saying is funny or not. We will never know. I guess you can't know for, for sure ever. 
It's crazy. What a, what a stupid thing we're doing. Yeah, that's why I equally hate it and love it yeah. in equal parts. I'm envious of pilots who can study and fly a plane no matter what happens. They're never going to lose that knowledge. They're always going to be able to jump into a plane and take off and fly because they use the laws of physics. They don't change. Mm. But for us, 19 years in, I have a set list. It can work tonight. Tomorrow, it could not. It could bomb. I could be confident of a joke that I write in the afternoon, take it to stage, and it gets nothing. But that's where the fucking magic is. I'm at the fringes of this creative beast and I don't know whether it's going to work or not. But that, it gives me adrenaline. That adrenaline gives me a sense of being alive. Mm. And that's why I do it. You do. I, I know I've spoke to you after one of the gigs we did, but I, I really think you're on something where you sit down and then you get up. When you st- when the rant, rant as the rant builds, you yeah, get yeah, up yeah. out of your chair. I enjoy you're... doing that at the lounge. Right. Because yeah. it's such a big stage. I even like it anywhere. I liked it when we did that gig out in Hurstbridge. Yeah. Like you kind of like, you, you, you laid back. And then oh, as, Hurstbridge. That's a great gig. It was weird, wasn't it? it was Me, cool you, little, Lucy Best. And, and uh, Barat. Barat. That's yeah. good. But as it builds, you get up out of your chair, you're, you're in people's faces, and you're going crazy and crazy, and then boom, it lands. And then you retreat back to your, your chair, and you're like... Yeah, because I've noticed it's like uh, one thing I'm doing, I don't know if it's correct, but... As the intensity of the joke is approaching the punchline, I want to be in their face. Yeah. And then as the punchline is given, retreat back and begin the next setup. So like waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's so fascinating to watch. It feels man. natural. But yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, it's just... Yeah. It, uh, but it's it's all... I, that that Even the movement, and this is the, the great thing about this this art form, is is stuff like that all adds to it. Even though you've you've written this great joke with with words that you're using to, and the way you say them, the cadence and everything like that, all goes into it. Little movements like that, mm. how you hold the mic, or even how you move up and down the stage. Um, another great one's um, Evan. I did a gig with Evan on Friday night, the Royal Brighton uh, Yacht Club. Brooks's Yacht Club, yep. Brooks's Yacht Club, and um, Evan, man, like I know he works really hard at it. He does, and he he's like going on to another level now. He is, yeah. He I've really is. That. And it's this, he's, he's almost like he's, he's worked out the pattern, the order of, of what he's doing, and it sets up this, this character. But now he takes it to a couple of dark places mm. and then comes back again. And, it's, yeah. and, and they go with him mm. because he's just such a like, lovable larrikin. Um, it, it really, like it works. Like it works real hard. He's a very lovable larrikin. I've told him, I said, you remind me, you have the same affinity with the crowd as the way an American audience admires Adam Sandler. It's kind of like Adam Sandler, the way he sells his jokes, fluffs around, goes a little bit dark but not too dark. Yeah. It's very playful. Yeah. I reckon it works for him. But he was like he's doing this thing about um babies on ice. Yeah. And, if, and it's That's it's killing like, now. Whoa. Like that's that's super dark. Like that's you know, that's really like kind of evil stuff but he makes it like so fluffy somehow and it's really it's really good like like i've lost the two last two times i've heard it and we the brooksy's gig we did it was like a a room full of 60 year olds and i was like i was interested to see if he'd actually do it did he he did and he did bloody oath it did it was fantastic and it was like wow like that's even because they could be a tough crowd yeah yeah they can be a bit pretentious well they they can be for some johnny they're easy for (laughs) For some of us, <laughs> um, no, nah, it was it was fun. They're a fun crowd, man. 
Um, but yeah, they are a bit. They're a bit on the, the posh. But the best was at the end. This guy came through to me and Evan. He's like, "Oh, great show, guys. Uh, especially you, Matt." But um, I did that bit. But he's like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> and I've just bought dinner for everyone. I've I've got a horse in the race tomorrow, so I'm hoping it wins." And we're like, "Ah, oh, you've got a you've got a bit, bit of a flat going, have you? You got a bit of a bet?" And he's like. No, I have a horse. The horse, yeah. Oh, the horse is, you own the horse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Brighton. Yeah, of course. Look yeah. where we are, the Brighton York Club. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, a, it's bizarre, man. Mm. Um, are you, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you before, but we, we shifted. Uh, are you concerned with your uh, pace of producing material? Like, I'm concerned that I'm too slow. I need to, like, increase the amount of jokes. Um, to build up my set. Don't say that. I slowed down after meeting you because you said you spend three years on a new one. I'm like, that's good enough for me, man. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, is that a new bit, Matt? Yes, it has been for the last three years. I love that. That's great. But I think you're right as well. I think you're completely, like, I, I think it was that chat we had on the way to Castlemaine, which is where, where we kind of, like, started to get to know each other a bit mm. more because we that was a shit. That was a gig to remember. Was that you that just started running laps yeah. around the gym? Yeah, yeah well, that's well great. down the hall singing uh, Do They Know It's Christmas Time. <laughs> and <laughs> and they was... didn't turn around to oh, look no, at they were, Matt. They, they, were they just... just kept, they stared straight ahead while Matt's running around the, 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 the hall doing laps. Dude, running up, a fat guy running up. Do they know it's Christmas time, man? Yeah, it was. And um, I'm going. I'm on next. <laughs> Fuck. And you know what? Fuck you, because you could have gone on first and taken the bullet as a pro, but yeah. you shoved this guy on, and uh, I could see in your eyes you were like, nah, <laughs> "Fuck you, man." <laughs> on you go. Um, and then that guy got thrown out during your spot. Yeah, one guy went bananas. I don't know. Which was kind of my fault as well. Yeah, every now I, and then you get a banana, but yeah, I don't know what you said to him. It was his his missus was from northern ireland and i don't know what because i went around shaking hands of because it was only like 10 people in this hall that fits three thousand people and um i said something about she was protestant and i said something oh i'm catholic it's gonna kick off tonight and he was just drunk it was something he was like you can't fucking say that even though he was like from england he's like you can't fucking say that you know you can't do the whole orange army thing stuff jokes uh, and i didn't i just pointed out and kind of, ooh, i was trying to find something funny but there was just nothing and it was just silence mm. but um yeah during that drive i think um that's where you were talking to me about the writing your writing process and and how it's like you know a new bit for you is is something you bed in for quite a few years and i've and i've seen you do yeah. it. i've seen you do bits where like oh, i've heard this bit before and then i'm like well no i haven't this is different he's adding this Adam, year, yeah. Adam, he's trying this bit now tonight. I can see he's doing that, and I think that's that's really cool because there's um, there's far too many, and I think it's because we live in a, a festival town. But there's far too many new kids, and and old kids who are like, yeah, I've been doing this a week. I've got an hour in me for sure, mm. and they go and do a festival show. And I'm sure, look, they might learn something from that, um, learn how to lose money. But They'll learn how to lose money, but I think it's uh, I think it's it's a good thing. Just fucking let him. The only thing I'd like to do is ha on the festival guide, have like on the side, just how long you've been gigging. Yeah. Like how many years you've been doing stand up, and I, like I could write nineteen and then do a show, have a couple of quotes, and then if people see it, go, let's go see this guy, and if he's shit, that's nineteen years of wasting <laughs> his fucking life. Yeah, but that's a good point. Th there's no way for. My friends always ask me, who do I go see during the festival? And uh, 
because they can't work out who's good mm. and who's not in that uh, in the guide. Mm. Unless they make it invite only like Montreal, but they're not going to do that. I well no, because they make good money. Yeah, off of off of off Reg open yeah. micers. Yeah, who think mm-hmm. they've got another show? Maybe if the, as Kieran Butler does a good idea with his half hour slots for for people wanting to do like a quick half half hour show, which I think is great. Yeah. I just I and you might take offense to this, I, and I don't definitely don't mean you because um, when I say this, but I, I had a wasn't a, a chat with a couple of um, guys. I won't say their names. They're lovely guys on the same months uh, before we were doing a gig, and they were both doing shows at the festival. And they said to me, "Are you doing a show?" This is a couple of festivals ago. They're like, "I'm oh, out. Are you doing a show at the festival?" And I said, "No, no, I'm not." And they're like, "Oh, why not?" And I said, "Because I don't have five minutes. Mm. Never mind." An hour. An hour, yeah. And then I said, no one in this country has an hour. No one. At best, they'll have 20 minutes, which they stretch out into an hour. And they, one of the guys took offense. He's like, you're saying I don't have an hour? No, you don't. And I said, no. Steve you... Hughes has an hour. Steve Hughes has an hour for sure. Dave Hughes has an hour. Jamoan has an hour. Yeah. But that's it's probably the top tier. There's only a few that have hours, though. The Bill Very Burr, few. Louis C.K., Jesselnick. These guys, you know, have hours. Probably some female comedian. I don't know. Um, Sarah Silverman. Um, Probably some. <laughs> Anna Gadsby. These guys have hours? Yeah. Celia Pacola. She's, yeah. she's my favorite. She's got an hour. She's got two. She's if got anything, 20. She's got two hours. She's a fucking gun. These guys have, yeah, they have out. No one, no one else has an hour. It's 20. I even went and saw, um, oh, what's the British comedian called from Newcastle? Uh, she wears glasses. Um, Nikki? No, no, this she's like super famous. Oh, Sarah um, Millican. Sarah Millican. Me and my wife went and saw Sarah Millican. Yeah. Um, at the art center. Was she good? Uh, she was all right. She's married to one of my favorites, Delaney. Gary, Gary Delaney. Del- brilliant. Too good. He's got an hour of one-liners, which I is incre- astounding. I saw him in Leeds. Yeah. With Michael McIntyre. Michael McIntyre was fluffing around. Wasn't that good? No. And then he came on Gary Delaney, and it was. Just that level of laughter that yeah. you dream of, well, he's and like, consistent, just fucking heavy hitters. He's like Jesselnick, where it's just that Absolutely. crafted, different styles of, but that crafted hour of yeah. just boom. Um, Milliken, uh, it was twenty minutes stretched out to an hour and a half for sure. Right, and the funny thing is, even when we got out, my wife said that, and she doesn't. She's been to like two of my gigs. Um, at the Athenaeum, one of them, whatever. Um, she, <laughs> <laughs> she, um, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she, she was like that. Felt like twenty minutes stretched out to an hour. And I was wow, like, she yeah. picked it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's exactly where it was, and she's like, ah, oh. she's like, that kind of feels like cheating. I'm like, yep. Yeah, well, this is yeah, what happens. This is what, what every happens. happens every year in the festival here. People with uh, one good joke, which they're like, oh, that joke's a, it's a, it's a hard hitter. That's a, it does well for me. I'm going to stretch that out into an hour. I'll just drop it in the middle somewhere amongst all my other shit, and that's it. And I'll call the show um, Bill Cosby Documentary, and that's it. That's how I think most people do their hour shows. But no one, none of you have hours. Stop. Stop giving them money. He means it. <laughs> I fucking mean it. Stop. The energy shifted. Yeah. This is it. This is what you're talking about. Going too far, too angry. You don't even have five. Most of you don't have five. There you go. So, and that's including me. That's including me as well, just in case. Like, is this How long co- have you got? 
personally, though, like I reckon I've got two jokes I'm pretty happy with. <laughs> no. I reckon I've got two jokes. I reckon that like. Um, Could you do twenty at say? Like, the I've lounge. done twenty. I'm not at the lounge. I've done twenty with me. And, All one right. of the greatest things for my. Can you do twenty five? I've well, I've done I've at done the that. lounge. On a Friday night or no. Kings on a Friday? No, I don't think in I could. In the sweet spot, in the sweet spot after the break. I reckon I could stretch it out to 25. But could it's you not do 30? I wouldn't be happy with No. You wouldn't be happy but it's with not, it? But it's not a show. It would be a lot of crowd work. There would be a lot of um, faffing. Around. Like I did I did Brooksy's gig the other night to 65-year-olds. Now, I don't really know Ben Lomas, mm. but he was there. And the first thing he said when he saw the audience is he looked at me and said, oh, I'm interested to see how you go tonight. As if, you know, because I guess I'm kind of known for doing like, you know, my mum's a squirter or, or something. Oh, like uh, yeah, and you're like opening. That. It's pretty, yeah. yeah. But I don't do that. I, I, I've been with Billy on, on, on these country tours that we do, yeah. um, the gigs out in the country. You, you learn pretty quick. Like so we, you have a different setup, different. I just start talking to them straight away. Start talking because they're so happy that you've come out there. They're pretty easy, but you've got to get them on board quick. And the great thing is, if you get people on board quick, then they'll kind of let you do whatever you want. Yeah, it's the monorail. Yeah, you can go to some places where, and, and even they're kind of like, I can't believe we've gone here. Absolutely. Um, and and that's come from doing those those gigs, man. So no, like I I I did I've done two Brooksy's gigs now, a soccer gig and the the Royal Brighton thing, which which you've done or been to, and you you know what it's like. Yes. And um, it was I I do about five jokes in fifteen minutes. I have like five jokes, which really? I think will do all right. I do like an Angela Lansbury one because they all know who she is. Yeah. And they love it. And then I do a couple of other jokes, which I think like they're almost like dad jokes. And then I'll drop in like a Rolf Harris one about a pedophile or something like that and just see if we can go there. And, and because we, we're going all right and I've had a chat with them for five minutes, they let me go there and they enjoy it. And it's a bit cheeky and they're like, hmm, got a bit dark there. That's interesting. And then I pull it back and do something light. So it's it's, it's an important lesson to learn, man. Mike Wilmot, who's a Canadian comic, who's the most vulgar act I've seen in the UK, but mm-hmm. he's a he's been going for like 36 years. He's a pro. He's amazing. If you get to see Mike Wilmot, but he uh, he says you got to walk him into the deep end. Yeah. And he goes, if you walk into my set halfway through it, you'll be shocked. Right. It's very full on. But he walks him in there. And dead set, man, by the end of the, the night, they, they're loving him. And yeah. he's so fucking vulgar. But he's mastered the art of just taking them gently from the shallow end, slowly getting worse and worse and worse. And that's his buzz. That's yeah. his kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that he can open up these silver foxes and ladies in their 60s and 70s who are proper in like county cricket clubs yeah. in um, the west side, west country in England. Mm. And you could just fucking, yeah. Man, yeah, look, we, we did a gig out in Geelong, uh, just past Geelong, me, Billy and Jared, and uh, we got there, 200 people at a balls club and most of them were in wheelchairs. Like they, they, they were all, we were the youngest by like miles. Like oh. it was ridiculous. And we were just shitting ourselves. Um, especially me, but we were shitting our pants as we like we were, as we were going on. You could see even Goundry, who's quite um, animated and quite excitable, he was just he was low. We were all low. We we're like, this is just going to be a fucking struggle, and we feel bad for these guys because they're just not going to go with it. 
and it ended up being the greatest night of comedy still yeah, to this day. I've it's been great. Part of. Like it was, it was electric. They they loved it. Isn't it? Isn't that a valuable lesson? You learn it time and time again, but it never sinks in. Never judge a crowd until you've done the gig. I've been to gigs and I'm like, oh man, they're not gonna like me, and they love me. And then I've done other gigs where I'm like, I can't wait to get on. They'll love me, and I just go okay. Yeah, it's so fucking strange, but definitely you you struck a chord with country gigs, man. You really learn so much oh. by doing footy clubs, netball clubs, cricket clubs, any sort of country Vic gig. Mm. Um, it's so stressful, man. Like, cause you just don't know what you're gonna get in terms of even the setup. You like, you don't know what the the, the gig's gonna be set up like, let alone the crowd whether they're going to go with your city references, like, will they know Brunswick? Yeah. Will they know it's full of fucking hipsters? And you just, all this is swimming in your head, but... Well, I, I did, I, you see, I try and write stuff that I, I like to think would work anywhere, apart from, like, the Rolf Harris thing that would work here and in the UK, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I did gigs in Hawaii. I was supposed to do gigs in LA, but uh, I ended up in hospital, and they would have been awesome. But um, that's thanks to the Nelson twins. Yeah. They that. But um, the... Um, the gigs in Hawaii were just absolutely well, yeah, fantastic. You, you made the paper. You crushed. You were on the front page. Of Hawaii? Yeah, you I crushed. Should be. Yeah. But I no, should. you did really fucking well. I had a good one, but it was... Um, did, it, did it spook you out that you did so well? Like, we were all happy for you, but were you like, fuck, I really clicked here? Um, do you know, I th- I think do you know why? Well, the thing I was worried about was they wouldn't understand my accent, because I have a problem with that here, even though I've lived here for 14 years. It's yeah. not 14 yet. Since I was 14, I've lived here 20 whatever years. Yours. Uh, yeah, you see? Uh, but over there, they don't give a fuck about your accent. They really didn't. And there was never once I had to repeat myself. Not once. I don't know why that is. But just, you know, if, if I ask for a Coca-Cola, if I say, can I have a Coke here? I always get, sorry, what? Mm. A Coke. I, I have to say, can I have a Coca-Cola, please? I have to make sure. Over there, they didn't get, they were just like, yeah, well, get your coat maybe hawaii's a, really exposed to tourists and they get the lingo that, well la and it was all through california and hawaii they just they just got it where did you crush the most was it hawaii no, i only ended up doing hawaii because i was all right um because i was sick i was in in hospital the night i was supposed to do yeah, this. poor fucker yeah but um so why did the, you have you worked i don't know do you know why you crushed so much there i'm just um have you can you put your finger on it i, th- I think it's the i think it's being, I think it was a breath of fresh air. Because it's a very different, your act is very different. Like, I can't wait to showcase you to my friends because I'm like, you're not going to see stuff like this. Well, it, and I think, I think for them as well, it's a bit, for them they had, I, I went on after a guy from Chicago, a guy from, um, from San Fran who'd come over to gig there. And it was all, they were, the confidence Americans have. Like, I know we were talking about earlier about people who have confidence. Super confident. Yeah, but they hold, the way they, it's like they've been doing it all their lives. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, and they just, they, they just talk and they, like, the, this one guy, because I gigged with him twice in the short time I was there. Sorry, three times, because two, we had two shows back to back one night. But he, um, he delivered it, his, this punchline with such, um, like, confidence and just let it hang. You know, almost did that at the end. And then I said, blah, blah. And it got, each time it got absolutely nothing. What? But anyway, you've been a great audience. I'll, uh, you know, I'll hand you back to the MC. And he put the mic back in the stand, walked off. And that's fuck, like, that's lunacy. 
well, this is what they were like. And he shook my hand and we were having a chat. And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, they're a great, great audience. Great. I was like, no, they're not. I was like, oh, maybe that's what they do here. Maybe it's silence. Maybe that's how they, you know, maybe it's like a Melbourne music crowd or something like that. They just sit there and nod their heads in appreciation. Dude, that's lunacy when you fucking f- can't hear it's no good. laughter. It was, maybe it was deaf. <laughs> <laughs> he's adding laughter in his subconscious. It was, it was really bizarre, man. Um, but then I went on and had it like... It was just such a fun night. Um, there was a guy over there who I, I remained in con- not in contact, but like friends with on on social media, and uh, he, he seems to be getting bigger and bigger yeah. in Hawaii. I don't know how it transfers to because he was a very local based comic. Like we did, uh, I, he was on before me at this gig, which was like uh, almost like in the ghetto of Hawaii, which is still really nice. Like the ghetto of Hawaii is like Turek almost, like it was a beautiful area, but um, it was full of all these like big black Hawaiian people and and um, black Americans. Like it was like full on like rough rough crowd, and he went on and he was actually speaking in their language, their native language, and they were going nuts. Everyone was going nuts in this mm. room. It was like about a hundred people, and I'm just stood there like. How the fuck am I going to follow this? I yeah. don't speak their language. And That's hard, man. And it went off, man. It was awesome. And it's just because, um, you know, like I said, I try and write stuff, which is it's just going to translate just, just anywhere you are. Mm. That's one of the things I learned from Kill Tony. Not just wherever you are, but also stuff that's, um, it's not like, oh, did you see the news this week? So-and-so has happened. It's like, no, try and write something where it's like like your mushroom thing or something like that. You Universal. can do it any, anywhere, any time. Yeah. Um, What's well, a good way to be? Well, it's a good way for the country. That's the thing. Like, I guess that's a long way around of me getting to say I was brilliant in Hawaii to saying, yes, it's important to uh, <laughs> to have stuff when you go to the country that's not about Brunswick or or the patriarchy or, or stuff like that. It's just, yeah. yeah some, something you said before about crowd. They are, crowds are different all over the world. I've noticed that. I noticed that uh, in, when I did Switzerland, I received a, an email from my manager saying, um, you need to know something before going to this gig in Switzerland. They don't laugh a lot. Don't freak out. They will acknowledge a joke with a golf clap. Wow. And then stifled laughter will build throughout the set. So in the green room, we're like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> so I've gone on first and sure enough, I did a joke about, um, uh, you know, how they're, they're wrapping some Swiss Alps in alfoil to stop it from melting the ice caps because right. of global warming and I said that's going to look like a Toblerone blah 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 and yeah little golf clap small wow. little golf clap and then as the set built they started laughing more and more um, there's a black circuit in London and the black circuit in London is uh, the material they like what I noticed less whimsy yeah more direct relationship stuff thrives especially when the man looks like the victim Right. Like a loser. Self-deprecating, yeah. Self-deprecating. That kills. And lots of table banging. And they laugh with their heart out, man. They right. F- they bang tables. If the, if you're smashing, they'll just bang, bang, bang tables while they're laughing. Yeah, that's wow. It's fucking unreal. That's crazy. Um, Did you like doing them rooms? Loved it. Loved it. I just wish the uh, the Swiss would fucking go to a black gig. That's so they, go, they just remain this neutral. This is how we laugh. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The whole time. Yeah. Whole time they just neutral. can't stop. <laughs> Can they? Yeah. So uh, Hawaii was raucous. Hawaii was so much fun. Yeah. Mimi did some gigs there as well. Oh, uh, did she to, gig there as yeah, well? Yeah. Yeah. I think they were a bit quieter when she was there, as in like the numbers. Um, 
because maybe we were there during like holidays as well. I don't know, but um, I think she really enjoyed it. Um, they're, they're lovely. It's such a small. There's like thirty people in this on the scene. That's it. Did you treat it like a holiday as well with your family? Well, I was there with my family. It was a holiday. All right. So um, when all this bullshit is over, will I go back? Will you go back? I'd love to. They started doing a festival. The Hawaii Comedy Festival. That would be fucking fun. Because yeah. Hawaii's not that far away from us, man. It's what the perfect? It's ten hours. When we were going to LA, you, yeah, you know, see? you're looking on the map and you, you know, on the screen with the the little Indiana Jones red dots, and you're like, and it was like ten hours in. I was like, fuck, I can we just land now? This is shit. Ten hours isn't far. Even Hawking's got bad. gigs where you're ten hours in a car. Yeah, so and that's like you're still in Victoria. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I'm saying. So like you, you're looking across Hawaii, saying if I could just land there right now, this would be the perfect flight. Mm. And I, you can fly there on Jetstar, man. It's expensive. It's an expensive uh, place. Like it's not cheap, but it's not really super expensive. Yeah. I thought it was like American. They have things like priced low. Nah, no? it was pretty. Really? I mean, it's the dollar as well. Okay, you know, yeah. take it to account, but it's um, but they're so nice. It really like I'd never wanted to go to Hawaii. We were just going there purely as like a stop off on the way home to break up and have like a few days by mm. pool, but it ended up being like it's like a paradise. Like it's absolutely insane. So um, I'd go back there if they if they'd have me in a heartbeat and and do comedy there. It was it was a lot of fun, man. All right, man. We've got to wrap this up. Yeah, we've been going on and on. Um. Thanks for coming in, man. No, thanks for having us, I really appreciate it. Let's go get a burger. Let's do it.